African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Thank you for joining us. Remember, we're on DSTV as well on uh, Channel 802 on uh, that particular uh, audio bouquet there. And you can also stream us live on www.channelafrica.co.za. That's www.channelafrica.co.za. And our service into the continent of Africa is on the shortwave service on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band uh, to southern africa you can also stream us live on www.channelafrica.co.za we also on uh, the app uh, that you can find on google play where you can just search channel africa and uh, find our uh, app there where you can listen to us on your mobile phone let's let me move on to the topic of today well today we're going to be looking at the introduction and the draft of the prevention and combating of hate crime and hate speech bill that's being introduced into the public domain it's big discussion right now in southern africa and specifically the country south africa now in the introduction of the hate crime bill to the public south african justice minister michael masuta explained that a hate crime is committed if a person commits any recognized offense that is a common law or statutory offense and the commission of that offense is motivated by unlawful bias prejudice or intolerance the bill goes further in really communicating the issue of advocacy of hatred towards a person or group with the aim of inciting violence or harm the communication of contempt or ridicule over public online platforms is also outlined as a form of a crime so that should also be interesting how will that work identification also of people there on the online platform because sometimes they're so anonymous it's crazy although the bill also claims to provide for the prevention of hate crimes and hate speech as well as reporting on the implementation its application and administration as an integrated approach from government is also still unclear right now as we know it's still really under debate this particular law we've got in our studio Atseho Pala who is the lawyer uh, from a lawyers for human rights and also we've got Jabulani Chen Pereira who is the CEO of Iranti.org and I think on the line we've got Pastor Agit Koza who is uh, the CEO as well at Rayma Bible Church. Well let me start with you Tseho. It's very interesting to see that this is actually very much of uh, you know you don't know where to draw the line because when you speak about hate speech people really go to that direct uh, reflection of freedom of expression and they don't know where to draw the line so what are we talking about when we're speaking about um, hate speech hi i'm um, just a correction i'm from weber wensel attorneys just okay, that okay. correction all right sure 
Um, I think one needs to look at what the what the bill does is it, it criminalizes hate speech. Hate speech is currently already dealt with in the Equality Act, Papuda. Mm. So what this bill does is it takes Papuda a step further by criminalizing it and making okay. it a, cr- a hate crime, a hate, mm. you know, yeah, it criminalizing it. But I mean, what are you talking about when you're talking about hate speech? Because that definition can seem loose for some people. They don't kind of understand what you are actually referring to when you speak about hate hate speech look this is why the bill has largely been criticized and Mm. a lot of advocacy groups and a lot of ngos have have said that hate speech shouldn't have been criminalized in this act and that this act should have just dealt with hate crimes because of you know the very you know the what you show as an example Mm. and so we feel that hate speech should actually should not have been in this bill and should not have been criminalized through this bill. Why? Why? Because of what I'm stating? Because of the very kind of lucid uh, views when it comes to kind of freedom of expression and uh, there might be pitfalls there? That and because we feel that what the legislature should have done is amended Papuda and added on to the Equality Act and left hate speech to be dealt with in the Equality Act. And in fact, we feel that the Equality Act, as contentious as it may be, Mm. already provides for hate speech to be to be dealt with in the criminal forum. Mm. We also feel that. A hate crime hate crimes are very important. Legislating against hate crimes is very important. And when you then add criminalizing hate speech to that act, you take away from what we're supposed to be looking at here and you take away from hate crimes. We just mm. don't feel they, they're compatible and they should be dealt with in the same piece of legislation. Well, Jevelyn, let me come to you. I know that Iranti had some public platforms to discuss this particular issue of uh, the hate speech bill. Uh, tell us a little bit about this discussion and what came out of that particular process. Um, hi, thank you for having me here. Um, well, basically, our, our public engagement really dealt with whether hate crimes and hate speech should essentially be contained in one piece of legislation mm. or whether they should be separated because mm. essentially they are two very different crimes. Mm. Um, so that was one element of our discussion in our public engagement. Mm. Um, the other component of the this draft hate crimes and hate speech bill is that it has about 17 different categories mm. of vulnerable groups. Mm. So... You know, if you are discriminated against on the basis of race, gender, gender, sex, um, including intersex, uh, gender identity, including transgender identity, mm-hmm. um, albinism, disabilities, mm-hmm. um, um, if you are a sex worker. Um, so there are 17 different grounds and categories of vulnerable groups. Sure. And we know that this law on around hate crimes essentially emanated from... Um, the very um, kind of sad acts of xenophobia that happened and yeah, unfolded yeah. in South Africa. Sure. And so w- I think we are entering the space as in a, a sector or a community of people who who um, experience discrimination on the grounds of sexual orientation and or gender identity, mm. um, be, be it you are lesbian, gay, or your your gender identity, be it that you are transgender mm. um, or gender nonconforming, etc. So... The public engagement was really about asking whether this draft uh, bill should only be confined to the Criminal Procedures Act, which means that if you discriminate against me as a citizen, Mm. um, I could charge you. But if the police or the state or the minister does... I would have to charge the state under a different piece of legislation Mm. and not under the hate crimes 
law. So essentially, it why why is that the case? Why separate um, citizens and um, c- c- civil servants? Um, I think Teho would be able to help sure. us more in understanding why mm. this bill is is kind of the the Department of Justice has located this bill in what is called the Criminal Procedures Act. Okay. So if somebody breaks into your house or murders yeah, yeah, you, sure. it's under the Criminal Procedures mm. Act. Um, we know that um, the issues that we are facing in South Africa has to do with a historical mm. way, look, you know, experience of racism, mm. historical way of looking at how homophobia, mm. transphobia, um, other forms of discrimination entered our society um, based on an apartheid system and based on colonialism. Mm. But I think this law, um, our discussion was saying, essentially what we, what we are going to be looking at is, is if we criminalize um, and we charge, say we charge men who commit hate crimes, mm against an LGBTI community, essentially we are looking at a large majority of black men, for example, mm-hmm. who would ex- who would face the plight of this law, not mm-hmm. necessarily white men, mm-hmm. right? And if we look at the issue of discrimination based on hate speech, we're probably talking about white citizens who like Penny Sparrow, mm-hmm. etc., um, who, you know, people who... M- make outrageous statements or racist comments, etc. Mm. And um, there's no real rationale as to why this, these two pieces are put together in one piece of law. Mm. Well, I want to complicate it by bringing in uh, Pastor Kitkoza on, on the line, Kitkoza, who is the CEO of the Rema Bible Church, because I know that in South Africa, it was not at the Rema Bible Church, but another church, I think it's called the Grace Bible Church in Soweto, where there was a real kind of uh, contestation when a, an entertainer, dancer, choreographer, big celebrity in South Africa, Somizi, actually walked out of church when the pastor was speaking about homosexuality, saying that the, re- the Christian religion is not pro-homosexuality. And he walked out and it was a big issue, contestation. Well, we're not going to really deal with that particular situation, whether it was homophobic, that statement, or not. But it actually contends with issues of religious sovereignty, religious choices versus uh, sexual orientation. And sometimes these lines can get blurred when it comes to, well, I'm speaking about my belief. This is not necessarily hate speech, but this is what I believe. Where do we draw the line, Pastor, in terms of, of that particular area? Because it makes things very complicated when you start introducing hate, hate uh, uh, bills, hate speech bills, and you still have to deal with those nuances and those realities that we find in contemporary South Africa and the rest of the continent? Yeah, um, thank you so much for the opportunity. I think um, if, you know, while in the religious community and faith-based organization, uh, we have a problem with this bill, Mm. Um, not necessarily the the, the hate crime section Mm. as such, but the hate speech section, we feel that um, it is um, over, over broad. Mm. And it it borders on the era of unconstitutional. I'm not a lawyer; I can't go that far. Mm. Um, but when you criminalize hate speech, you know it could have a major chilling effect on other constitutional rights that include like your freedom of expression, as you alluded now. Mm. And we believe it's unnecessary because there's already existing laws in place that prohibit hate speech um, in our constitution. For instance, this. Section 16 of the Constitution guarantees freedom of speech as a fundamental human right. Now, we, 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 don't, we don't get 
you know, why the government is actually bringing this, want to criminalize the hate, hate speech. So, and, and, and the fact that the definition is so broad, mm. um, it, it just leaves everybody um, vulnerable out there. So I think that's the condition that we have. And also we do feel that um, uh, it's being rushed, you know, mm. uh, because the deadline was somewhere in December. If, if you know South Africa, um, in December it's quite dead, you know. Mm, mm. Um, so I, January we start working around the 15th or so. Mm. Um, so I think the rush and, 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 and the whole bill, we, we really got a challenge with it. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back to those particular nuances indeed. I've got uh, Tseho Pala, who's a lawyer, with me in our studio. Jabulani Chempira is also with me from Aranti.org. Uh, he's the CEO there. And on the line, we've got Pastor Geet Koza, who is the CEO at Rama Bible Church. Give us your thoughts. You can interact with us on our Twitter handle at Channel Africa One or at African Dialogue. I want to hear from you. Or give us your views on our email address, info at channelafrica.org. I'm going to take a quick break. It's almost to 20 minutes past 11 o'clock Central African time. We'll be back after this. Agro Africa. Hello. From the first Wednesday of this month, Agro Africa will be coming to you at 9.20 a.m. Central African time and on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Central African time. Tune in to Agro Africa and listen to stories about agriculture and its development in the African continent. We are on shortwave, internet live streaming, and DSTV audio bouquet channel 802. Agro Africa, bringing agriculture to the comfort of your home. Agro Africa. We have great news for you. Channel Africa has gone mobile. If you have a cell phone, you can now download the mobile app for Android. You can get it on Google Play. Get the latest news from Africa. Get the Channel Africa app. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Well, today we're looking at a very much, right now it's very controversial. It's becoming more and more controversial the more it's being debated in the public. The introduction of a hate speech bill, uh, it's going to be part of actually you can actually get sued for saying something horrible to someone. I, I don't know how far it could go. Could I, I could say anything to my colleague. I always tease him and um, my colleagues always tease them. So I kind of don't know where, where you draw the line when it comes to hate speech, where you draw the line that it's my freedom of expression to say whatever I'm saying and sometimes we don't know the differences between uh, the two and uh, so I want to come back to that issue let's really because at the beginning we tried to define hate speech but I don't think I think we need to do more in terms of putting hate speech versus this freedom of expression that was highlighted there also by the the pastor on, on, on the line your thoughts around those two definitions and how do you actually draw the line Look, I think the starting point is that we need to realize that there's currently already legislation in South Africa which deals with hate speech, mm. and that's um, PEPUDA, which is, which, is the, which is the Equality Act. Okay. And that act pretty much says that as a citizen, if you advocate, if you say words which advocate hatred, to, with ad, with advocate hatred towards me, words which are harmful, mm. I can then personally sue you, and I can sue you in the equality courts for an apology or mm. an amount of money or mm. make you go, tri- go to 
into training. That's currently in existence, and so already you can sue someone personally who says something you know hurtful or harmful. So to do you. we need this? Bill. Well, that's why that's people have criticized okay. it, because what this bill does is this bill then adds a next leg. This okay. bill then says that I can criminally hold you liable, because what PIPUDA and the Equality Act does is that that governs what we as that governs as citizens. Mm. This act now goes a step further. And remember, the criminal system is government system. Mm. That's where crim- government criminally holds you liable. Mm. And that's what this act does. It goes a step further by making it a crime. Mm. You know, not just that you've hurt me, by, but now also saying that you're a criminal for doing it. Mm. And the act has been criticized because it's very wide. When one looks at the definition of this newly created offense, okay. which the act wants to create... It says that it's where you intentionally, by means of communication, and what's what any communication whatsoever mm-hmm. to any other person in any manner, and you advocate hatred, you advocate hatreds toward that person. Mm-hmm. So that's very wide. Yeah, the act already says any yeah. communication. Yeah. I could put up a banner. I could. I could Put show you a, a gesture yeah, that yeah. shows that I don't like you. Sure, it's just to, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, and you could then say, no, you gave me a zap sign because I'm black and yeah. you're a criminal. Yeah, sure. um, so it's just too wide. And, and as the pastor said, it, it, it's going to create a chilling effect towards freedom of expression, which is already entrenched in Section 16 of our Constitution. And one should be careful not to go too far mm. in trying to... Um, police what people say, police how people express themselves. Yes, we need to have protections and limitations, mm. but those should only go so far. Well, in, in the space of online media where we're seeing such racism coming out, it's intense. I mean, I used to have a blog. I stopped blogging because I was just tired of all these racist remarks on every blog that I wrote because I was just like, really, it's not necessary. I just wrote about uh, in, uh, being living in solitude and here you are saying black people don't live in solitude or whatever the, the topic is. It's just it's becoming very rife on, on social media. But my thing is, you know, isn't this why we need this particular bill to extend to this particular point because we've seen the uh, penny sparrows and it's a continuing uh, trend, especially when it comes to the online platforms. Look, I think <clears throat> one of the things around, um, you know, we're talking about the religious bodies, mm. is that religious bodies are just as accountable mm. um, to the constitution of South Africa. And we know that there are a number of churches in South Africa that are highly unregulated. Mm. Um, um, it's, it's a really good way of evading tax and a whole lot of other irregularities in itself. So churches, as, a, as an institution of governance in itself, need to be held accountable, mm. right? We have seen people get away with spraying people with doom, making mm. them drink engine oil. Oh, and yes. these, these pastors are not in jail, okay? Mm. And they are not in jail because they are behind this kind of illusion of religion and so Mm. religion becomes the untouchable area of Mm. society and it is not untouchable Mm. it is just as human made as any other belief or form etc and Mm. we we have a multi multitude of spiritual beliefs in this country and christianity is only one Mm. there's hinduism there's islam there's a multitude of african religions Mm. in itself so I think that when we look at the Grace Bible Church example, Mm. 
and 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 that is probably mild in comparison to so many others that have happened. Mm. But what escapes me from that Grace Bible Church example is the it's not so much the homophobia which has mm. been the attention of mm. that, but it's the misogyny mm. that has happened. When when you look at the at what that pastor said about he compared this animal, I don't remember, this yeah, buck yeah, who yeah. has a horn, mm. who is the male amongst all these females, <laughs> right? Mm. And so we live in a society where HIV is at its highest, mm. where people live in multi-partner mm. relationships, mm. Um, where we have a president who is polygamous, mm. um, where it's okay for a pastor to say that there's this one man in mm. this field amongst mm. all these women, mm. what a lucky man he mm. is, mm. right? Mm. And that it's okay for women to sit in that church mm. and to accept that level of inhumane mm. messaging mm. about their bodies, about their sexuality, mm. about their autonomy, be they lesbian, be they heterosexual. And for but me, someone could it ask, is, is, as much as that, that the narrative right. is there, is that necessarily hate speech? Or is it just a, a form of a reflection of societal consciousness and how some sectors of um, religion think? Look, I think uh, for me it's not necessarily hate speech. Yeah. That is not. I think what is hate speech is when, when crazy ministers are starting to incite violence, mm. are starting to say, you know, um, God is sending me a message to go and kill the gays, mm, yeah, etc. Yeah. right? Um, I think we should allow for diverse of opinions and mm. beliefs, mm. etc. Yeah. But I think that it becomes problematic when mm. we accept this as part of a religious belief. Mm. Um and, 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 and I think for me it is very important that every institution, be it a mm. business sector, mm. be it a religious group, mm. be held accountable by South Africa's constitution mm. because that's all we have. Mm. You know, we come from a damaged system mm-hmm. um, and that's, that's really our guiding light mm. is to say this is, this is what we need to live by. Let me take you to the pastor on, on, on the line. Uh, pastor Koza, it's, it's very interesting for me because I've had a lot of discussions about this issue, what, what happened at Grace Bible Church, because I've heard different views coming out. Yeah. As, as, I've, as some people say, I don't think what that pastor was saying. Personally, I don't think it was hate speech, but I think it was kind of uh, very much prejudice. It was very much insulting. And it, you kind of don't expect the kind of narrative coming from from the church, yeah. but also some people argue like if if Somizi was understanding the Christian religion, this is what some people have sent him. What was he doing in the church in the first place? He must allow the church to be because they are not accepting of homosexuality because it's in the Bible. So you have those contesting issues, and then you've got these issues that have to do with society that actually can infiltrate a form of hatred towards others. So y- your thoughts, how do we balance this as the church and after Jabulani's uh, thoughts? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, I'll, 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 I'll differ with Jabulani on, you know, um, I don't know of any church, uh, if there's any, that advocate hate speech, um, that promotes hate speech in church. Um, they might have a different belief system uh, which does not amount to a hate speech at all. Um, and taking, I, I don't speak for Bible, Grace Bible Church, but I will comment on it. Mm. Bible's, Grace Bible Church is on record saying that is not the view of their church. Mm. They were on record and, and, and they went on air. And as early, uh, even yesterday, mm. um, they clarified their stand, you know, uh, to say they're not homophobic at all. And people are welcome in church, but they did 
make a stand to say they believe in the Bible in terms of marriage. That's what they said. Mm. But that does not amount to a hate speech. It's amount to what a person believes. So uh, I do differ with, with Jawalande. And it does not justify um, to have this bill. Mm. Um, because if you look at it in terms of the Constitution, uh, it, you know, hate speech will only qualify, a speech will only qualify to be a hate speech mm. if it's amount in, for instance, advocate of hatred. Mm. You know? mm. So if you say, you know, take for instance, the, uh, the lady lawyer said that, you know, if you say go and kill so-and-so because they are from Kenya or from that place mm. being xenophobic and mm. being hated, yes. So, so I think that's where we are. And, and, and if our constitution is already, uh, you know, protect us, and mm. people can go to equality court, mm. in case in point, Penny Sparrow, mm. you know. So we, we don't feel that this bill at all will save any peoples. Um, our main contention with the bill is how overboard broad it is. Mm. That's really our issue. Chaplain, you want to say something? No, yeah, I just want to, I agree with what the pastor is saying. I think... Um, but my, I think my point is about um, accountability mm-hmm. of institutions that, that reside, that are registered in South Africa, that need to abide to the laws of South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no higher law than the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Um, no religious script is higher than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I, what I do want to say around this bill that, that is important is about the accountability of perpetrators who do commit crimes based on hate. Mm. It is very important, and we don't have such um, legislation. Mm. We don't have such guidelines. I don't think that it necessarily only needs to be that somebody is sent to prison mm. um, based on that. So, for example, um, since 2012 when Iranti started, we've probably documented about 20 murders mm. of um, black, lesbian, transgender, and gay men who have been killed in mm. South Africa. Mm. Now, in those particular cases, the person is deceased. Um, mm. You they are not there to speak of the severity of what had happened to them. In the mm. case of Duduzile Zozo, mm. um, who was dragged into a backyard, um, she was brutally raped. Um, a toilet brush was forced into her genitalia. Mm, that's horrible. In the case of Tapelo Makutle in Kuruman, who was decapitated, mm. his genitals was cut off his body mm. and his tongue was cut out. Mm. Um, and, and, and recently in, in the in Gift Sebo's case in Fentersdorp, mm. where her perpetrator raped her, and drowned her with a hosepipe shoved down her throat. Now, in these particular cases, mm-hmm. um, we can only establish that there may have been hate given the severity of the, of the crime and the mm-hmm. brutality of the crime based on that person's particular body mm-hmm. and where these attacks had happened, etc. Sure, sure. Perpetrators in these particular cases, they, don't, they, they feel gl- very glorified when mm-hmm. they appear in court mm-hmm. and when they are caught. They don't necessarily want to disclose why mm. they decapitated somebody. Why did they do what mm. they did to that particular person's body? But there are some elements that indicate that this act of murder happened based on hate. Mm. And in most cases, the perpetrators are known to the families and to the victims and to the community. Mm. So can what, I, can what can I'm can saying I, can is Can I ask that a tricky yes, question? And, sure. I, and I hear what you're saying. But how do you monitor that hate speech before that perpetration of the crime? Because if the 
if the hate speech is fueling that particular crime itself, how do you monitor that? Because policing it will be probably the most difficult thing to do. Maybe I should bring that t- t- to you, Tsekho. Yeah, just to explain something conceptual about this bill. So mm. we need to differentiate between two things. It sure. criminalizes hate speech, which is what a lot of people are saying shouldn't be done and it's too yeah, wide yeah. and it's going to have a chilling effect. Mm. But what the bill does, which everyone has welcomed and it is wonderful, sure. is it creates a hate crime. And a hate crime is different to a hate speech. A hate crime is a crime which is based on someone's bias, your intolerance or your prejudice towards a particular group. And what the act does is it takes base crime. So, for example, the crime of murder, Mm. the crime of rape, the Mm. crime of theft. And it says that if you have committed that crime Mm. because you have a bias, prejudice or intolerance Mm. against someone of a specific group, then that is called a hate crime. And what it does is it, 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 it puts on a higher sentence for you having committed that crime. Mm-hmm. So where I have raped someone because they are a lesbian, mm-hmm. what the act does is it wants to acknowledge that those c- kind of crimes take place. And it wants to have your punishment be more mm-hmm. because you've done that. And I think in large society has welcomed that part of the bill. Mm-hmm. And that's the part of the bill which people are happy about and which people feel we needed. Sure. And that's very separate to the hate speech provisions mm-hmm. of the bill. The hate speech part is separate mm-hmm. and, and the act is creating an offensive hate speech on its own. Mm-hmm. But separately to that, mm-hmm. Section 3 of the act now creates a hate crime, mm. which is welcomed and I think is, is very important. Well, I, I need to wrap it up somehow and we, we need to take this conversation some way. But I'm also thinking about the very same question I asked just before before we wrapped it up is the, the responsibility and the mo- monitoring mechanisms. How would you police this? Would it be a, civ- a civil... My ex, myself as a, as a as a South African, if will it be my responsibility to sh- ensure that this actually happens? How will it actually work out, Jabulani? I'm I'm thinking about it practically on on the ground. How will it actually be enforced? For instance, let's just as an example. I mean, what we're saying is needs to be more than just the Criminal Procedures Act. Okay. It needs to be, there needs to be education. Okay. There needs to be a reduction of stigma Great. in our society. It yeah. needs to start in our homes mm. with parents who are not teaching their children to be homophobic. It needs to be in churches where preachers are not preaching homophobia. Sure. It needs to be an extension of that. And so it can't just be about, you know, kind of clogging up the Mm. the system that doesn't even work in the first place. Mm. If you just go and report a a simple house robbery, Mm. you may never get fingerprints done at Mm. your home. So let's not clog up a dysfunctional system. Mm. I think what we need is more of what you're doing right now, Mm. which is we need to talk Mm. and we need to have these conversations and we need to understand why do vulnerable men and poor vulnerable men commit Mm. such acts of violence in our society? Mm. So it's not enough to just say, we're going to criminalize this. Mm. And and also in terms of, uh, we just lost uh, the pastor, and I I wanted to know, because uh, Jabulani, you highlighted a very important point about accountability. Churches have to have some form of accountability. So I wanted to to pick his brain on uh, just uh, what would be the accountability of the church when it comes to this kind of messaging. But from a legal perspective as well, you know, 
putting a law down actually changes the whole framework of policing, changes the whole framework of how the courts kind of function as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of work that also needs to be put in place uh, from a legislative perspective, from a policing perspective, and even when it comes to our legal systems. Definitely, because right now what we have is you're having police stations issuing out what we call secondary victimization, where you come as a young lesbian saying, I've been raped because I'm lesbian, Mm. and you have police officers making remarks. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done at, you know, investigation stage. We need prosecutors who understand, you know, different characteristics, who understand certain that certain groupings are being discriminated against and targeted. complexities of these definitions. Exactly. So you need a, a prosecutor who, for example, understands what a transgendered individual is, mm. who understands what lesbian is, who understands what gay is. And the bill does provide for training to happen for prosecutors and for police officers, etc. Mm. So we welcome that. However, what's disturbing is it doesn't give meat to it. Mm. The bill currently doesn't say what kind of training programs are mm. we going to have? How are we going to do this? Because it's one thing to have, you know, a lovely, pretty act which says, you know, raping someone because they are lesbian or because they are, you know, Ethiopian or whatever, mm. that that is a crime. It's all good and well to have that. Mm. But how we're, g- how we're going to implement that, how you're going to have police officers investigate efficiently, that's what's going to make this act work or not work. Mm. And then as a secular state, I know that's, that's, that's kind of the environment that we're in because of our constitution indeed, but also that kind of you know, the balance between autonomy and kind of um, the idea of individualism as well and all these different factors, the sovereignty of uh, religious institutions, they all need to be balanced out. So it it really has to be a clever process, Jabulani. It has to be, and it has to work, Mm. um, because we can't over-regulate people's emotions and feelings and Mm. attitudes and beliefs. We have to create a society where we can talk Mm -hmm. um and and that that that's across issues including racism Mm -hmm. you know um it's not going to prevent people from being racist by Mm -hmm. having law but it will certainly make them think twice Mm -hmm. about posting some kind of rubbish on Mm -hmm. social media etc so it it does help in some form but it's it's we need more we definitely Mm -hmm. um we need to have a society that's able to 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 speak more forthright Mm -hmm. But we need to challenge the, the root of, of all of these issues. And the root of many of these issues simply lie within the economic inequalities of our country. And mm-hmm. there's no way that we can talk about violence reduction, harm reduction, mm-hmm. without looking at the inequalities, without going to Tsekane or somewhere and seeing the frustrations of young black men who are not working, mm-hmm. the high levels of unemployment, mm-hmm that is happening in society, we are a society that's exploding Mm. from anger Mm. and exploding out of frustration. And so a law is not going to just shift that. Mm. There has to be more than that. Well, that's how we're going to wrap it up. I don't know if you guys have final sentiments. Maybe your final sentiments, Seho, just overall looking at, at this bill, the way forward. Look, I hope that I hope that um, government and the legislature has heard people, mm. and that they will remove the hate speech provisions out of this bill because this is not where they belong. Mm. I hope that they will um, beef up the provisions that they already have on hate speech mm. and start educate not hate speech sorry hate crimes, crimes yeah. and educate people about hate crimes because currently 
I think people are looking are, are looking too much into the hate speech part of it, uh, and people have forgotten hate crimes and and mm. the prevalence of hate crimes in our country. Jablan, your final sentence? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, hate speech doesn't belong in this law. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to focus on hate crimes in itself and mm-hmm. look at the interventions with that. Um, we don't need to fill up the prison system. We need to we need to change our society. Um, and we've also called for the Department of Justice to extend the public engagement. We agree with the pastor that the timeline is unrealistic. Mm. We are asking for an extension to at least June 2017 Mm. um, to allow for a much wider public engagement on such important laws.